Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is Scott Rawls, who returned to North Carolina after uh, leaving his job as president of the community college system to go to uh, Virginia Community College uh, from 2015 to 2019. And he returned on April the 11th of 2019 to head up North Carolina's largest community college uh, at uh, Wake Tech, which is, of course, located in the uh, <laughs> in Wake County, of course. Um, uh, Scott, uh, uh, finance is always a matter of concern, and the community college has had its ups and downs through the years, and there are a lot of people who think the community college system has never been properly funded for all of the rewards that uh, it, uh, it has uh, paid off as far as what it's done for the state of North Carolina. Uh, how is your funding today? Is it in better shape than it's been, or are we still lacking in funding for our community college system? Well, there, there are areas where we are strong, you know, and thanks to Wake County, our, I think our facility funding and our, our resources in that regard are, are strong. The area, though, that the big struggle for us and will continue to be the big struggle is in terms of salaries. Um, and I know people say that, and particularly when you look at faculty for us, um, there are national comparisons on faculty salaries. So North Carolina, unfortunately, now ranks among the bottom five states in the country in terms of faculty salaries. We're below average for the Southeast. And that's a huge, I think that's our biggest Achilles heel. The reason why that's a problem is not because of national rankings. That's, that's really inconsequential. But that becomes a problem for workforce because when you can make more money doing the job that someone just received the training and education for than teaching people how to do that job, then you, we're in, you get in trouble. And that's where we are right now. We, we've got to pay attention to um, the salaries of our faculty in these areas because, you know, there have been some enhancements in other sectors, but in terms of our sector, we are relative to our peers across the country. We're the ones that are struggling the most. And that has, big implications for what we can do in terms of workforce because of our inability to attract people who can make more money doing the job and teaching people how to do that same job. Well, that's right. Private business, private enterprise is probably the biggest competitor. Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the problems of uh, that uh, community college systems have is they don't, uh, in most cases, don't have uh, any endowment at all. Some have some endowment, but uh, uh, the major schools like Duke and UNC Chapel Hill and North Carolina State have huge endowments uh, that they've raised through the years, and that helps in their finances. Uh, is there any movement toward uh, developing more uh, institutional uh, fundraising? Yeah, yeah, there is. And and most community colleges now do fundraising and have foundations. And Wake Tech has a great foundation. We have a great support through our board and our great team here that does our fundraising and foundation. But most of the fundraising that we do is is entirely for scholarships or other forms of student supports. We don't have, you know, we, we don't have any buildings that have been funded through fundraising or, you know, in you know, positions that are entirely funded through fundraising. We put all our money into scholarships. Another area though that we put a lot of money into is just the kind of supports, we call it a rally fund. We, things like food cards, food pantry, emergency aid. You know, the challenge for us is that we're more likely to be the sector that'll serve lower income or working 
students from working families. And for many of those students, a $500 challenge can be a childcare challenge, can be a car challenge, can be what causes a student to say, I'm going to stop out. And when we, we know when they stop out, that generally means they drop out. So we're very focused on what we raise money for. We're very fortunate uh, people have supported Wake Tech, particularly recently in our rally fund. We had a record fundraising year last year when we needed it the most, but it is an area of which uh, we can use every single penny and dime we get. Peter Hans is the new president of the university system. And of course he served also as president of the community college system. And he, along with others in the last 10 years have been working toward having uh, a closer relationship between the community college system and the university system. Uh, and now that Peter is in that job, I suspect that that, that uh, uh, will continue and probably even become more important. Yeah, I would assume so. Peter knows, you know, Peter, having been on both the boards of the community colleges and universities previously, having worked in both the systems of the university and community college, that's obviously a natural tie-in. I think it also, though, it, I think it really continues a unique legacy in North Carolina uh, heritage. Um, I remember one of my mentors was Bill Friday, and Bill Friday used to always remind me about the, you know, he used, Bill Friday used to say to me that, you know, always remember that community colleges were uniquely created in America as America's contribution to, to education. And what's happened in North Carolina is because we have two systems, those systems have grown up working well together. And if you go back to the history again of North Carolina community colleges, university leaders, particularly Bill Friday and others, were champions for the community colleges being created and have worked so well with us all along. When I was system president, Erskine Bowles was president of the university and I had no bigger, better supporter or colleague than Erskine Bowles. So that's, that's been the North Carolina way is to work together. I, you know, I, you know, yeah, we'll, we, we all go for our funding and all of that, but at the end of the day, we're, we're working together. And that's, I'll tell you, having been out of North Carolina, that's uniquely North Carolina in ways that's very positive for our state. Well, I think one of the things that North Carolinians need to take a great deal of pride in is that there's 50 states and a good 48 of them look around at the North Carolina higher education system and uh, all admire it because not only do we have a great university system, but we have a great community college system that uh, a lot of people are very envious of. And uh, it's because of the work of those folks like Bill Friday and Erskine Bowles and, and uh, when you were president of the community college system and so forth. It's all paying off, and uh, that's something that citizens of North Carolina should take a great deal of pride in. How many, uh, I, I, of course, I think you are also working more and more with high school students as, as some of the high school students are finishing their requirements a little earlier than the 12th grade, and some of them are actually taking courses now in the community college system while in high school. Yeah, and that's another unique thing about education in North Carolina. Uh, high school students in North Carolina can take free community college courses. We call it Career and College Promise. Uh, it's an area and get a huge jump start and huge savings in terms of their their finances and huge jump start and structuring it. Many of you know most of our courses because of the alignment with the universities are designed to transfer seamlessly to our great universities. So it's it is an it is an unbelievable opportunity for North Carolinians. Uh, some of that, you know, I always try to get the word out because more people need to take advantage of that. Yeah, well, you know, with the cost of uh, edu uh, higher education getting higher and higher, staying at home a year or two years can greatly reduce the cost of 
of uh, the college experience. Yeah, and we see students that, that you know, will complete a master's in the time it would take to complete a bachelor's degree because they got that jump start. One of the things we hear a lot about uh, uh, is one of the needs in North Carolina uh, is uh, expanding our broadband coverage because a number of uh, students uh, or potential students of community colleges and high schools and colleges are in areas where we don't have broadband. And that's uh, particularly this day and age where we're going more and more online. That's a serious problem. It is. Yeah, we and certainly having grown up and lived in rural areas, it's still a problem that we have to keep uh, focused on. Uh, Wake County, we, you know, while we may have places, it hasn't been as big an issue for us. We've tried to with COVID. We've, we've got, a, you know, we've purchased a lot of tools to get out to students, including networking devices. The biggest challenge for our students has been, you know, having the actual um, laptops and those resources. And we've been fortunate. We've, we've really, we've given out, you know, probably 2,000 laptops, I think, to students to be able to access because, you know, if you're in a, in a family and you may have one laptop for the family and everybody's fighting over it right now for school and for work, that's a huge challenge. And that's, that's a big access point here. But in the rural areas, you know, you may have the laptop, but if it doesn't connect to anything, then you're really stuck. So that's in this, in this new world of online education and hybrid education, that's a problem. Let's talk about a little bit about the support you've gotten from the business community, because uh, uh, as I said earlier, in economic development, this is one of the bragging points of North Carolina uh, when we recruit industry and try to create new jobs is how helpful the community college system has been in doing so. But you get a lot of support from the business community. Absolutely. I mean, they uh, in multiple, mo multiple ways. Some in funding, but mostly, you know, what we really value is that support too, that's the time and the sweat equity. And I, I you know, one of the things I, I make a point that no day will go by that I don't have some interaction with the business community. So today, you know, today I was on the doing this with MetLife and then I just got off with the chamber and a bunch of folks focused on some other things. So every day involves that. And I think it's part of, again, I, you know, I sound like a broken record talking about how unique. North Carolina community colleges are, but we were created to be connected to employers, connected to the business community. Our role is to help our students have that, have the economic mobility. And that means being connected to where the jobs are and, and seeing them as our customer because you know, our ultimate students, are, our ultimate customers are students, but we wanna help them get that job and move forward. And so that's why we have to have that tight employer connection. And that's something that it's just, it's natural, but we're also very deliberate about to make sure that that's core to who we are. Well, the, the data about uh, lifetime earnings is incredible uh, when you see what education can do to the earning power of an individual over a lifetime, uh, having a college degree or an associate degree or even technical knowledge is just huge as far as the standard of living of families. Yeah, and, and again, it's, it's a place where, you know, for North Carolina, that was a deliberate strategy. You know, that's what I, I go back to the 50s when, you know, we were all poor. <laughs> we may not have all known it because we were all living together, but relatively, we were all poor. And it was a deliberate strategy focused around education, whether that was a research focus around Research Triangle Park or a community college. And so, you know, it is North Carolina. Our guest is Scott Rawls. He's the uh, 
president of Wake Tech Community College, and we'll be back with one final segment here on Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, Scott Rawls. And uh, Scott is back in North Carolina. Uh, came back on April the 11th after uh, having a four-year adventure or venture, uh, one or the other, I'm not sure which it was, at... Uh, Virginia, uh, Northern Virginia Community College. That's one of the another large community college system. It, one yeah, of large, actually, actually larger than Wake Tech. One of the few is larger than Wake Tech. Um, well, let's see. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things. We started off the program talking about some background about the community college system, but we shifted over to the challenges and opportunities presented by COVID nineteen. So again, sort of review what. Uh, the community colleges, not only yours, but the other 57 campuses are doing as uh, they adjust to the new facts of life, I guess you might say. Well, we have a we have a plan at Wake Tech. We call it Learn Well. We say our two priorities is everybody stay healthy and safe, stay safe and healthy and move forward and learn. So that means we're not focused on other things this semester. We're not having events. We're not having activities. Um, we've kind of spelled out what our protocols are. You can't go on one of our campuses and not see a sign that says, sit here, don't sit there, stand here, two people in the bathroom, uh, face, face coverings required in all public spaces. We let our students know what the expectations were when they registered for class. They had to check a box and say, yes, we understand that because we didn't want to, we don't want people to be surprised in that regard. And so we're, we're just being, trying to be very disciplined about it. And I got to tell you, I've been so proud of our, our faculty and our staff in terms of the planning that's gone into it, but, but also so proud of our students. Um, you know, we didn't know that first, you know, we're now finishing our second week here, third week, and we didn't know how students would respond, and that was, but they've been so disciplined and, you know, wearing their face coverings, uh, respectful of everything. And, 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 if, and if we maintain that and we don't become complacent, then we'll get through this semester and how long we need to till we get to period of normality and that's our goal and if we do that and keep our numbers low on campus and classrooms then i think we you know we won't 
we won't fully, you know, but we're, we're moving forward in a way that I think is very responsible and, and we're accomplishing what we need to accomplish. Uh, Scott, uh, a number of students uh, are, uh, have chosen not to return to the four-year college campus because of the experiences that they are having with uh, uh, the, the outbreaks in dorms and such and so forth. Uh, and they have probably had to make more uh, adjustments in the uh, four-year schools than, than the community college system. Are you seeing uh, students who are now probably at home, are you seeing more of them maybe enrolling and taking courses uh, this year in on, from your campus and from other community colleges? A little bit, but I wouldn't say it's great numbers. I think, I think many of those students did go back to their four-year institutions. You know, many of those started early too. So they started early August. Um, we saw a big jump in the summer. I think we had a lot of students, both students coming out of high school and students who were coming back who may not have had the summer jobs who were taking courses with us. I think a lot of the university students have perhaps gone back to their universities now, you know, so we, we will have you know, our 12 week classes start in a few weeks and our eight week, we'll have an eight week session. So those who may be coming back may take some more classes with us, but our enrollments for the fall are essentially where they were last fall. And so we, we haven't seen just a huge upsurge in students transitioning from one sector to the, to the other here in our fall enrollment. As you look ahead for the foreseeable future, what do you think maybe the, top four challenges are for community colleges, your campus, as well as the others? Well, I will say, you know, what we know is that there's no, no doubt that there's going to be budget challenges. Um, you know, the, the economy is being impacted. We're funded by government funds. The government, you know, receipts are going to be down. So we're going to, we're going to be challenged with that. I was system president in 2008 when we had those challenges. Back then, I used to say, and I think this is our challenge now, is is not to be defined by our challenges, but by our opportunities. And what I mean by that, not being Pollyannish, we're going to have our challenges. We've got to knock down those challenges as they come along. But what's going to happen with community colleges, I fully believe, is with the economic, you know, this the, the our scenario right now is driven by the healthcare aspects of what we're doing. But once we move past the healthcare side of this, the economic part of the crisis is going to kick in. And when that kicks in, I... I anticipate you're going to just see the roads to recovery in North Carolina running right through the middle of community colleges. When I was system president during the Great Recession of 2008, from 2008 to 2011, our enrollment increased by 28% during that three-year period because community colleges were the place people turned to for economic opportunity. I think that's going to be where we're going to be uh, as well at this point in time. That's why it's important for our community colleges to stay as you know, intact and healthy as they possibly can, because I think as we move past the health crisis, we're going to move into a little more of the economic recovery aspects of the challenge. And that's where community colleges are going to be so vital uh, across all of North Carolina. You mentioned earlier the uh, challenge that you have with faculty salaries. Uh, and of course, if you have more demand, you need more faculty. So uh, the compensation has to be a big issue because not only are you trying to get an increase uh, for the existing faculty, but you're probably having to add faculty to take care of the additional co course load? Yeah, no, that's correct. So, you know, and we're fortunate, for instance, we're, you know, with our bond funding, we have major expansion and facilities in our Hendrick Center for Automotive Excellence. So automotive, biotech, um, building automation technology. So these are areas where 
you know, we go into these areas because people, there are opportunities in these areas. And when there's opportunities, that's where the price challenges become. Nobody works, nobody works at a community college to make more money. Nobody, there, you would be, you just wouldn't be smart to do that. But when the differentials become too great between what you make teaching somebody to do a job and actually doing the job, that's where the challenge becomes. And that's where we're, we are most challenged, I believe, within our system right now. And it's not going to get solved this year, and it's not going to get solved within a couple of years, but it's something that we have to have a long-term focus on for our community colleges, because that's not just a community college issue. That's a workforce development issue for North Carolina. And of course, I'm sure that scholarship aid and cost to the student is always a concern. Uh, and of course, uh, scholarship aid from private business may actually go down some during this time. Uh, do you anticipate a problem there? We have pegged that next year may not be as great a fundraising year for us as this past year, which was a record year for us, because we know, you know, everybody's impacted right now, including the business community. And so, um, you know, we're focused on what we need funding for right now. And, and that funding is getting it into to our students for scholarships and for emergency aid and for the types of supports they need, like food support, you know, uh, that. We have, we have many students who are homeless. So sometimes it's about getting a student into a hotel and how they can then ladder to an apartment, getting them a meal for, you know, access to a pantry or a meal card or a laptop computer in a time of where we are right now. So that's where our fundraising focus is. Well, it's, uh, it's an interesting time for all, all of us, and we're all learning new tricks. And uh, one of the things that's interesting is we are learning some new ways to communicate, including the way we're doing this program, because we're doing this by Zoom. Um, well, with the 75,000 students uh, and the uh, uh, nearly 1.1 million people in, in Wake County, we all want to thank you for the work you're doing. And, of course, uh, the state of North Carolina with its 10.6 million-plus citizens so proud of the community college system and what it's doing for our state. Scott, thank you again for being with us. Uh, and uh, we will look forward to having another report from you later on. Our thank program, you, uh, our program has been produced by Jason Kong. He uh, will have this program available online. So if you'd like to hear a repeat of it or share it with a friend, you can do that by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. That's carolinanewsmakers.com. And you can hear not only this program, but uh, dozens of others that are archived there. We'll be back again next week, same time, same station, with another edition. And so until next week, same time, same station, have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers.